Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Top Docs Radio. Brought to you by Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia, a comprehensive wound resolution and UHMS accredited hyperbaric medicine practice with four offices to serve you. Find us on the web at www.hbomdga.com. Facebook and Twitter at HBOMDGA. Good afternoon, everyone. It's C.W. Hall, your host here on Top Docs Radio. Thank you very much for making us a part of your afternoon today. We're very pleased to be sitting down with Dr. David Helfman of Village Podiatry Centers and Extremity Healthcare. So uh, welcome, Dr. Helfman. Glad you're here with us today. You guys have a busy schedule, so I'm thinking that uh, it's great for you to take some time out to share a little information about what you all do. Well, great. Thanks for inviting me. So Village Podiatry, I'm sure, you know, folks out in the community probably have at least driven by a center or someplace. You're in a, in a number of locations around the community. And, and so let's get right down into it. So back in, I think it was 1992, Dr. David Joel. Helfman starts a, a practice in podiatry in Smyrna. And now you're one of the largest podiatry groups in the, in the, in the southeast, actually. So kind of take me through how you got here. Well, I, I initially started, um, the practice started July 13th, 1992 to be exact. I remember my first day, it was a, it was a very quiet day the first day, but, uh, <laughs> you know, just starting a solo practice back in those days was about two years before the managed care markets hit mm-hmm. and the HMOs right. came in. So, you know, the reason I started the practice um, is because I didn't like the models out there that existed in the marketplace. And when you say that, what what about the models didn't you like? Well, there were some group practices, but generally the physicians, you had a, it was a hierarchy of physicians where you had a couple of partner physicians. Right. And then you had a bunch of associates run sort through the Sort of the a practice. law firm sort of way of doing things. Right. And I was of the philosophy that everyone should be equal mm-hmm. and more of a democratic society when it came to healthcare, and that's the type of model we put together. And I also knew if most of the doctors were owners in the practice, they would really care for the practice. I see. So you started your practice out, and 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 I guess once you kind of started going, then maybe some of these multi-physician groups started kind of talking to you. Hey, do you want to be a part of our show? Is that what they did? Yeah. Well, what happened was is I got very busy very quickly. I I started at Smyrna Hospital. It was called Smyrna Hospital back in the day. What What is and now was well, Emory and, Adventist? <laughs> yeah, and it will be closing <laughs> yeah. October, I think. Um, but actually, they were very supportive, and that's where I started. And I got busy very quickly, and my name spread around, and I started getting too busy. So we started opening a couple of more offices and said, well, the model works. You know, I kind of tested out the model. It was. It was, it wasn't you know, very high tech at that time. But I saw managed care coming down the pike. So I decided I have to get, I have to grow in order to compete in the marketplace. Right. And so when you started to add to your practice, you know, to extend yourself and your, uh, the the practice you had opened in Smyrna, were you kind of linking up with colleagues that you knew in the marketplace? You knew so-and-so was a, was a good podiatrist. You'd be great to work with. Come join me. Is that kind of how the initial growth started for you? Yeah, I th- what we did was we purchased a couple of practices that doctors were retiring, and then we brought in other practices. Mm. And what we found is a lot of the physicians didn't want to practice and do the medicine and do the business. 
And what we found very helpful was the business part of medicine was in dire need of somebody leadership. Um, it, you know, I was always more focused on integrating in the community. And when I started, podiatrists were probably on two hospitals, maybe three in Atlanta. And we were instrumental in probably getting on almost all of them. So would you say the relationship with the hospital at the time, you know, who's, you know, you were in a, were you in the office over there by Emory Adventist that, that still is there today? No, we were actually on, and this is a good tidbit, but we were on, I was in the Spring Village Shopping Center across from Post Village on Village Parkway. That's the name, Village Podiatry. Okay. Now, was it the relationship with the hospital and taking care of patients that had podiatric needs, whether they were inpatient or were going to be needing some expertise coming out of the hospital? Is that kind of how you built? How did you, when you planted your, your flag and hung a shingle out that said, you know, Dr. Healthman on it, how did you engage with the medical community just to let them know I'm here and I'm the place to go when you need foot and ankle expertise? Well, I, you know, I always knew that if you provided quality care, it didn't matter what your colleague said. I mean, the first day I opened... I was threatened with a lawsuit from other colleagues in the community and trying to limit privileges at the hospital just because, of, you know, you're in their area. Right? right. So I always knew that if I, you know, there was this, there was this um, kind of tension between the orthopedic community and the podiatry community at that time, but I always knew that if you were more social with your colleagues and treated each other with uh, respect that all that stuff went out the door. So how did you foster those relationships in the early days? Well, I became friends with most of the competitors or, you know, the orthopedic surgeons. And I did, you know, the quality work was very high. So it spread throughout the hospital. And I probably operated on almost everybody in the hospital. And then the word just traveled. In your practice, were you, did you kind of focus in a particular, you know, area within podiatric medicine, like on sports injuries or general podiatry, wound, uh, wounds that threatened a limb? How, where did you kind of, did you do a little bit of everything, or did you kind of put some particular focus in one particular area over another? I mean, it was mostly, sur- uh, mostly surgery, mostly bunions, hammer toes, things like that, which is what most podiatrists do. And, um, you know, there was so much of that that goes untreated. Because right. most people don't think there's a solution for that. And it's a fairly easy solution. But that wasn't out there. So you were able to kind of step into a void and fill that and then also fill it with a couple of components, good care, your patients were having good outcomes. And then once right. they got engaged with you, your patients came back to their original physician and said, Hey, Dr. Helpman's great. We had a good experience. So your relationship is off and running and now they're engaging with you when they have a patient with foot and ankle needs. Right. So obviously you, you know, built it on a solid foundation. You, you took advantage of developing relationships with the people that you needed to. Cause I mean, we found in our own practice that, you know, just getting the relationship started t- tends to be half the battle such that you can then begin to exchange ideas and information about practices and so forth. But once you were kind of underway and you started growing, take me through kind of, you know, you, you, at what point did you start to see yourself becoming this, you know, massive entity that is, you know, Village Podiatry? How did that come to pass? Well, I always knew that, you know, I never worried about competition. And um, I always knew that we could work with the, our colleagues. When I first started in practice, everybody, there was so much competition with our own uh, profession that nobody realized if you work together, if everybody's busy, everybody's busy. 
So then you can focus on the quality piece and the and really put things together. So our first uh, big thing we did in Atlanta is we started a surgery center because we couldn't get on staff at a lot of hospitals. Mm-hmm. And that surgery center was a proof. It kind of proved my point where we put 10 or 15 competitors together and built it. And everybody it was a great experience for everybody. It really was. And we all worked together. And that was probably the breaking of bread amongst the co- our colleagues. I see. So you kind of tied everybody together. You know, one of the executives I used to work with uh, in one of the staffing companies I had been a part of coined a phrase called coopetition. And we, you know, we had competitors, but we had competitors that we had to do some business with as well in certain areas. Sounds like kind of what you had, you know, and I think that in the, in the community, particularly when you're looking at a, a, a set of patients in this case that is massive i mean obviously think about all the patients that are in the care of village podiatry today how many right now today are out there that you aren't getting access to i mean it's impossible to have it all right so even if you were fantastic and your your competitor was fantastic as well there's still going to be patients left untreated so moving past that you were able to actually fearlessly start this center and then go to them boldly and say hey Let's work together. You, you know, we'll make this available to you. You build your practice. I'll build my practice. And we'll make the whole community aware of our specialty, that it's viable, that it's got value, that it serves a particular set of patients, and we can improve their outcomes. Just the fact that more people know we're here than, just like you said, we're all busy now. Right. And it, it really was – it really did happen like that. And certain – doctors specialized in different types of surgery like you have orthopedic surgeons some do hands some do el- you know elbows shoulders some do knees only so in podiatry we kind of have similar things some people do ankle trauma and do mostly trauma some do forefoot surgery which is bunions hammer toes neuromas um, and then some do very complicated stuff like the charco deformity the charco like reconstruction that. so mm-hmm. There, there was no competition because we also were referring within each other's network. You become complementary at that point. Exactly. I don't really focus on what you do, so I'm going to send that patient to you. And when you see the Sharko, send that to me. Exactly. Right. So what we did was, and all of them have been successful for the most part, is a lot of doctors wanted to be busier surgically. So well, I remember one doctor in particular said, I want to be in the operating room every day. Well, he, since he kind of got his wish, and he's in the operating room every day throughout, you know, since he came into practice. So we were able to provide kind of the expertise on the management side. And now we just really, we have over 300 employees now within, it's really Extremity Healthcare, which is actually the holding company. I see. So it's kind of the overarching group under which you have several, you know, business units that include your surgery center, the practice itself of village podiatry, and then, you know, if you you want to talk about other, you know, parts of that, you're you know you're welcome to shed some light on that. Yeah, I mean, what I saw there was a need in pretty much all specialties, but one of the problems is we weren't integrated with other specialties. So if a patient we had to send for a vascular test or to for an MRI, a lot of times there was not good communication, especially back in those days without EMR and all the electronic medical records. So it was my idea to provide a one-stop shop. So, you know, we have our own vascular centers. Uh, we have our own surgery centers. We have our own pathology lab. So if I have a problem, doctor calls our pathologist. We have uh, 
two, we have a board-certified neurologist and a board-certified pathologist, probably one of the only ones in the country working in our lab. So if there's a question regarding, we do biopsies for neuropathy, you know, epidural uh, nerve biopsies. So you can actually speak to the pathologist and get some, some, um, you know, tips on what's going on with the patient. We're talking about uh, Village Podiatry with Dr. David Helfman, CEO and founder of the one of the largest podiatry practices in the Southeast, and uh, learning a little bit about Village and Extremity Healthcare, the the kind of the overarching company under which uh, Village Podiatry falls. So, uh, have you found that since you've been able to put these other specialties, you know, some of the diagnostic studies, for example, and access to outpatient uh, surgery uh, facilities, that you're able to kind of expedite things, you get your results. I assume your patients get access to the diagnostic studies fairly quickly, and you get your results back pretty quickly. You don't have to go chasing everything down. Yeah, I mean, everything's fairly instantaneous when you control it. So, um, you know, everything's instantaneous where if you need an MRI, you get the MRI. If you if you need to have surgery done, you know, we're affiliated. We either own or manage seven surgery centers. So we could find one for you. And they're all around the metro, I assume. Metro kind of area, the map. right. And we're actually as far north as Ringgold, Georgia. And we're as far south as Macon. Have you kind of been growing, I would assume, kind of concentrically staying in close and just expanding the footprint a little further and further? I guess now that you guys are getting so large, you're probably talking to groups that may be out in the community even further away that, yeah. uh, that you can begin to kind of become the presence there. Yeah, taking we're, over practices and or linking up with them. Yeah, I think our biggest challenge right now is, you know, north of I-20, we pretty much have every coverage area, although there's about four doctors that are going to be probably joining our group that'll add more coverage. And then we're going to start going south of I-20. And, you know, Savannah's an area we're looking at, Savannah, Georgia, and um, all the way up to Dalton and then Chattanooga. And we do cross state lines you know, we're out in Texas, which is a whole nother, uh, you know, a whole nother transition. So Village Podiatry, from what I understand, is is more or less kind of focused in, in the Georgia region right now, particularly around Atlanta and kind of expanding from there throughout Georgia. And then I assume it's probably going to cross the state lines as a practice at some point. But now through Extremity Healthcare, you're, you're looking at, you know, practices and, and organizations that are outside of uh, you know, Georgia now, like you talked about, and we were talking a little bit before we came on the air in, in Texas. So when it comes to, you know, let's let's imagine for a moment, because it's very possible now, given our, our you know, that, uh, you know, our, our contacts know that we have a show and some of them are podiatric specialists. So if I am one of those people and I'm listening today and I'm not a part of the village podiatry group, why do I want to be a part of the practice? Well, I think that, I mean, there's a lot of reasons. Our physicians, all they really have to do is focus on patient care and doing the medical records. They don't have to worry about, you know, they don't have to worry about the management of employees. We have our own legal counsel in-house. They don't have to worry about, um, you know, taking care of HR-related issues. They don't do their billing collections. We have in-house full-time compliance, you know, with, I mean, it's so regulated, the industry, that... uh, most doctors, especially with ICD-10 that was coming out, mm-hmm. they didn't want to deal with it. And honestly, we have, we're kind of experts at this. We have a call center. We do verifications before patients come in. I mean, the doctor literally can just practice. 
So what, what I've been able to do with our team is bring in very high-level, very good <clears throat> operators so that we could provide a really good service. And uh, that's what started to happen. So that's why a lot of people join our practice is because they don't want to do the business part of medicine anymore. Yeah, and, you know, just as I've been a part of our practice now for five years already, uh, I've begun to realize, you know, how much weight that, that really is in terms of trying to get collections. Oh, my goodness. Watching, you know, the iterations you have to go through to be paid for the work you did last week, much less a month or two or three ago, um, can be time-consuming and very frustrating. And, and, you know, and if you're a, you know, a small practice that's limited in its manpower, I can only imagine what that's like because it's time-consuming. It's, you know, it takes you away from doing what generates the revenue, the business of providing care. So I can see we're having an organization that comes in, it's turnkey. You come in, you become part of us now. You just begin contributing your foot and ankle expertise rather than trying to do all the blocking and tackling that has to happen. Plus, you you know, when you're with a group, you're more secure. There's more security. You know, complex cases you share with each other. There's more camaraderie. <clears throat> and, um, you know, really the business part is what the doctors are looking for. Yeah, Dr. Helfman, I was hoping you could uh, tell all the listeners about what you're doing with Extremity Health. What you're doing is very innovative. And I'm uh, hoping you could catch up our listeners up on what it is that you're doing. Yeah, we've, we've been very uh, blessed on this, on the whole concept of extremity healthcare, in that, um, you know, there's a huge need for, nobody's really focused on the upper extremity, the, you know, the full arm or the leg. And what I decided to do was connect the two, because a lot of cost involves with sharing of instruments, using different type of instrumentation in the operating room, but for example, in our Texas operations, we have hand surgeons, and we use the same instruments as the hand surgeons. So you don't have to purchase two or three trays. Or So there's a lot of overlap in the services. The extremity MRI units, same ones. Um, so it's very similar, and the hand surgeons, um, we blend in very well with them. And then we have pain management as well because a lot of stuff in the lower extremity emanates from the spine. Ah, it's pretty impressive. Go ahead. Yeah, so what's on the horizon? Well, we're expanding. We just uh, opened in um, Austin. We opened a surgery center there that is starting to do very well. Um, we're getting ready. We just opened in San Antonio, and we'll be in Houston and Dallas. And those centers, as you open, are are they going to be called Village Podiatry or, or how? No, what? they're EHI. It's really okay. so it'll be more extremity healthcare. That's going to be the brand name. It, it, eventually, since Village Podiatry is so well known in Atlanta, we didn't change the name. But as we go national, gotcha. We'll be in about twenty three cities is our goal in the next five years. So as you face the the community that you're going into, you're going to position it just like you talked about. Where if you've got a challenge on your extremity, whether it's upper extremity, lower extremity, we have the experts that you need to preserve that limb or keep its function. Yeah. And they're, you know, most of the docs that we bring in the group have different types of training. So they focus on different types of diseases. So not everybody does the same thing. In, uh, on the upper extremity side, one of the things that we're known for out in Texas is the carpal tunnel, the endoscopic carpal tunnel. And uh, it's a very successful procedure out there. 
and it's debatable. There are some docs believe in it, some don't, but we've seen the results out there. So. I assume it's relatively new, and that's why there's folks that are clinging to it doesn't well, work. The I'd ones rather that, do it the old way. Yeah, the ones that haven't been trained in <laughs> right. it are the ones that say it's not a good idea. That's right. Or have done it and not done enough. But I've, I've some guys have done a 1,000 of them, and it works out well. So the idea is to be different, and I've always believed in being different. And um, whenever I saw everybody go in one direction, I go in the other direction. And I saw when I first, even when I first started, everyone's just focusing on podiatry. Well, to me, it doesn't make sense. We need to work as an integrative healthcare team. So the extremity is what we need to focus on. And, you know, it's, it's kind of being validated with the public markets, the private markets. We're getting approached a lot by private equity, a lot of private equity groups, investment banking groups. Because they see this as something unique, and it doesn't really exist in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, this is, this is kind of cool. Yeah, I've got to give you a lot of credit. Uh, working with groups of physicians is difficult, and <coughs> difficult to get them all to point in the same direction. Right. Uh, if you could talk about what it is that you do that allows groups of people that generally are contrary, they're almost like uh, uh, you know, fish in a tank where <laughs> they just yeah. want to stay away from each other. You know, how you get them to all collaborate together, well, it's really th- amazing. The, the biggest thing is you've got to deliver on your promises and earn, your, earn their trust. So I've done that over the past 22 years, and once you build a reputation, you know, it, it lasts a long. You can kill it also if you don't deliver, but everybody thinks it's, you know, oh, we could just roll physicians up. It's an art. I mean, it's not right. something you can do. You can't just be a business guy or a business gal and just say, I'm going to do this because it, it looks good. You've got to have the experience. And I've gone through so many failures to gain the experience. What, you know, talk about that. What, what, what would you call a failure well, that a was failure. a big learning point for you? A failure is when you bring in a doctor that you know is not going to work because it's all about the culture. And, you know, our kind of culture is very focused. We have this, um, you know, it's almost like you treat patients like your family. So if you don't, if you treat your mother, you know, provide treatment for your mother, that's the kind of care we want to give. So certain doctors, if they don't have a good bedside manner or they, you know, might be rude to the staff, I mean, respect is a big part of our culture. So knowing that you take doctors on, the big mistake that a lot of practices make is they just want to get big. Right. And if you don't screen the physicians before you take them in and you just take anybody because you think being big is good, that's when you're going to fail. And it's, it's, there's evidence of that all over the country because I get called in all the time to kind of unwind or consult the, with these people or these doctors. And you could, it's the same mistakes. So you've been going for 22 years now, and obviously you had a lot of organic growth. And I think, I mean, in that period of time to go from one office to 30. I think there's 30 or 35. I don't know. Yeah. Really I mean, it's it's obviously track. growing by leaps and, and bounds now. You know, it it I can, I can see it's, you know, one measure to do so kind of, you know, in the near, in the next closest community, we're here now. We're going to go to the next one over, and the next one over, and just extend extend yourself, you know, in kind of concentric circles, if you will. But now you're 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 going to the moon, so to speak. Now you're going to Texas from Georgia. So when you know, based on what you've learned along the ways, how do you go into that marketplace to say, hey, we're extremity healthcare. You know, we're where you want to send your patients for, you know, your 
challenges with extremities. How do you engage with that, you know, foreign medical community such that, you know, you can be off and running uh, quickly and being able to help patients, you know, uh, save their extremities? You know, how do you engage that new medical community? Well, I I think in Texas, it was kind of a a serendipity over there because about two years ago, I got called into a restructuring of a, a very large uh, surgical practice. It was an upper extremity and lower extremity practice. It was called the Brown Hand Centers, and uh, they were going through a bankruptcy. So all the doctors were concerned. So they had a restructuring team in place, and they called us because kind of in our industry, I'm kind of known for the group model. Is kind of the pioneer kind of... Uh, I have a lot of arrows to show for it. But, <laughs> um so they called me to come out there, and a year before all this stuff really unraveled, I said I wasn't going to come out there. But then I got out there a year later because it was things were falling apart. And I said, you know, I could really help you guys. And we brought our team out there. We brought our forensic accountants. And what I realized, they had a very good group of doctors, but there was no leadership. There was a, You could just culturally, it didn't fit. So we actually, that's how we ended up out there. I spent a year and a half of my life on and off out in Texas, and we became the stalking horse bidder in bankruptcy. We found some investors out there, and we were going to buy the practice. And there was like 300 employees or so, and mm. there were 30 docs. And uh, <clears throat> very high maintenance. You know, is is very high maintenance type of personalities. That's where culture comes in. So we actually filter them out, and we probably now have, from the original 30, we probably have three or four because the other ones just didn't fit with the culture. Now, have they been, you know, now you've got more teammates now that are, you know, basically taking that place, or are you starting over? We basically ended up starting. We we picked and chose certain areas. Like we were in, they were in Las Vegas, so we decided not to go in Las Vegas or Phoenix. We stayed in Texas. Texas is a very good state to practice medicine. Mm-hmm. It's very, uh, it's kind of, I'm going to say like the Wild West out there, but there, there's no CON requirements, and um, doctors are free to do a lot of things out there. So the business of medicine is, is fairly easy compared to Atlanta. For some. So that's what we, we did. We went out there, and um, we picked the kind of the leaders the top people from the practice and then we they they stayed along with us and uh we're just starting now to really take off and we're going to take off out there and then we'll go to houston and dallas but in texas is a very friendly state to do any kind of business well you know before we run out of time it always goes by so quickly when we're here um you know Coming back to just here locally, and then you know we can certainly expand it to to include our the the new you know uh, offices that you have in Texas and beyond. You know, tell the listener. I mean, why why do you want to be cared for? You know, the drive home for them. Why do you want to be cared for by one of our specialists? Well, I I think the most important thing to realize is that most of our doctors have trained the other doctors in the community. So the pioneers in the profession really started down here and they're in our group so they've actually trained the other doctors so the guys that write the textbooks they're actually part of our practice so you know and that was another issue when I started 
you never knew who you're going to see if they had qual if they were good or not good. So, you know, the guys that were very talented were not very, uh, per se, extroverted kind of marketing themselves. Right. And they needed people needed to know who they were. So, because they have, were great surgeons. So when you come to our office, you know that you are going to get the proper care. And I think that's the most important thing because when I first started, I, you see all kinds of train wrecks. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly because the doctors that maybe did the surgery didn't do a lot of them. And they just did it because they can do it. So if you don't do a lot of something, you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, particularly when it comes to surgery, just because you can doesn't mean you ought to. Right. <laughs> and that's what I found. And I couldn't believe it. So I said, you know, I think that was what really got me going. Now, 22 years in, what do you feel like is, man, this is the thing that really gives me the biggest rush. I'm really, uh, it makes me want to wake up in the morning about what I do. Well, it feels like I'm 50 years into it. That's my age, it feels like. But, uh no, I, I think the idea is changing it, being an industry transformer. And I love doing the mergers and the bring it, you know, I, I love bringing a doctor into the group and then showing them how to work smarter and improving their lives because that's what happens. And you, you do that over and over and over. And there's satisfaction there. So you watch the doctor. I mean, there's like a triangle in our model where it says in the inside is freedom. And then, you know, if the corners of the triangle you have, we do the practice management so you don't have any headaches there. The doctors in our group tend to earn two to three times the industry norm because of all the ancillaries. Because so, they're able to just be productive. They just yeah, go Yeah, they just work. focus on work, and we do all the back office stuff. And we also have most of our ancillaries in-house. And, um, you know, so that's... You know, having the access to that, and they have a guaranteed retirement. Our company actually, it's un- unlike probably most practices, but we actually have stock that trades within our company in like a blind auction. And it's value. I mean, it's valuable. I mean, our company is, pr- we've had it valued. And the model itself is very valuable. And it's the intellectual capital behind it. So the fact that a doctor is going to get a guaranteed exit strategy, because right now you could sell to a hospital they're very regulated by the government you know that you're going to get their accounts receivable and their hard assets they can't pay you for goodwill but in our practice people buy shares and they go up they've gone up 10 times and then eventually there'll be an external partner coming in so that's what's so attractive and we get i've get resumes two a week actually well, that's awesome when the they're country. coming to you yeah, yeah. So I always felt you build the garden and the butterflies come to you. You don't go out and catch butterflies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's powerful because, you know, you don't need everybody to listen. You just need the, the those specific ones that meet your model and fit right in. And that's that's who you need to be talking to is to right. sit down with that person in particular. Yeah, and, and, you know, I always tell people and doctors, if you don't work hard, you won't do well anywhere, even in our model. So you have to have a good work ethic and care about patients and be respectful of each other and you'll do well it's a very simple roadmap it's almost like the secret sauce is so simple that most people don't think of it (laughs) well i know you're on uh, the internet and and uh, you know in social media can you tell folks how to link up with you online 
Well, yeah, we have uh, villagepodiatrycenters.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, you know, we're just now getting heavily into that medium, but um, Village Podiatry Centers, we have all kinds of videos on there. We probably have the highest quality uh, internet site in the region. It's not one of these um, templated sites. If you look on our website, it's it. We we spent a lot of time, effort, and energy into that site to educate the public. Mm-hmm. I've been there myself. A lot of good information out there in terms of, you know, patient education videos, how to choose the doctor that's correct for the situation that you're in, health tips to prevent problems or to correct ones that you're dealing with now. So, you know, I know our own practice has interacted with your specialists from a variety of the locations around the community that kind of overlap with us because we kind of work in the same space to a certain right. degree where we're uh, collaborating with you uh, on wounds that aren't healing. So we're very familiar with Village Podiatry and are, you know, certainly able to recommend your your specialist from that perspective. So we're very happy to have brought you out today to uh, uh, talk a little bit more in depth about Village Podiatry, why it makes sense to be there both as a patient and then as a provider who may be looking at options uh, as to where to go from here. So uh, thank you very much for coming on and sharing that kind of information. Any thoughts from you before we jump off, Schwagman? Well, Dr. Helpman, I just feel like we've just scratched the surface. Uh, yeah, it c- I could sit here for f- for six days and not cover everything. As no. scary as this is to, to say this, I could probably sit here and listen to it. It's been actually very, very informative for me. And with that in mind, I, th- I think we need to have you back. Yeah. In well, fact, I'm I think it'd be a great idea. Specialists. Yeah, it'd be a great idea to, for it, to bring one of your docs back as well. Um, yeah, so it'd if be great one, to have a roundtable conversation. Yeah, one great thing about our practice, there's been a lot of disgruntled doctors from other practices in the area join us, and their lives have changed. You could see it, and they'll admit it. So what we should do is next time bring a couple of them on, and you can ask them. Yeah. They've either come from out of state, they were not in good situations, and ask them the difference of being in our practice versus being in someone else's practice. That's a story that needs to be told. Absolutely. You know, and, and you know, that's what we're all about here is just getting the word out. I mean, you know, whether we're talking, you know, uh, business-to-business companies uh, or in this space here with Top Docs Radio, we like to help the – Healthcare experts, um, whether they're hospitals or physician practices, you know, educate the community. We're here. This is when you need us. Um, so we're really happy to be able to extend that opportunity to you as well. If you haven't linked up with us on uh, on social media, please do so at Twitter. We're Top Docs on BRX. We're also at Facebook. Uh, slash top docs on brx um, make sure to join in with us next week 2 30 on tuesday we'll see you same time same place thanks for making us a part of your day today thanks again dr helfman you're welcome thank you